Welcome to the Code Life Podcast with me, Nathan Blackaby, and my great mate, Carl Beach. Morning, mate. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah. So, I've got an interesting one for us to think about. There's this American guy, ultramarathon runner. Yeah. Because I know that you've done some, some ultramarathon stuff. Well, you, well, uh, well you've done marathons. I've done some ultracycle rides, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just want to talk about this. I want to talk about the power of the mind over... Yeah. physical stuff yeah it's massive yeah so American guy ultramarathon runner ultra distance cyclist triathlete former world record holder for the most pull ups done in 24 hours mm. he is a retired United States Navy SEAL of course he is and he had active service in Afghanistan and yeah. Iraq yeah uh, David Goggins yeah. is his name right let me give you a bit of background Mm-hmm. And then we're going to explore it a bit more. So he's participated in events such as the Las Vegas Marathon, the Badwater 135 Ultra Marathon, where he plays highly. He has also participated in the Furnace Creek 508. Uh, these are all ultra distance yeah, events, yeah. yeah. And it's just uh, an ultra is anything over the standard 26.2 miles. Like, is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so you can do 30 miles, but a lot of these ultras are like 50, 100 miles like yeah, over yeah, several yeah. days. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So th- uh, so one of these in particular, 320 mile cycle race. Uh, That's that nothing. He had to do in two days. <laughs> and he did it on a rented bicycle. Did he? Uh, yeah. And he, he hadn't. He hadn't ever ridden a bike competitively before. Wow. So he's, he's basically done some amazing stuff. Yeah. And over a two-year period, he competed in 14 ultra-endurance races. Wow. Which is incredible, with with um, top five finishes in nine of them. Wow. So it's bonkers. Like, yeah, the guy's yeah. seriously fit. But yeah. here's the thing. He wasn't always like that. So he was working in pest control. Uh, he was about 24, and he weighed 21 stone. Yeah. He suffered from asthma, obesity and he discovered like a congenital heart defect you know like oh. a hole in the heart yep, yep. so his heart was essentially functioning at 75 percent capacity uh he talks a little bit about having a tough upbringing hmm. so he had a violent dad uh, he was one of only a few black kids at school and he was in a in a small town in america so they battled as a family they were like there was 10 black families in a community of 10,000 people. Wow. And he recalled in some interviews he's done about how KKK would march down the street. Like, you know, it's brutal. Brutal upbringing. Um, and then he, he describes himself in lots of interviews and in, in a book he's put out, is that deep down he was scared, he was anxious, he was afraid, but he kind of put on a mask to right. hide all of that. Yeah. So he was this sort of big, big guy. He'd lift some weights, do some lifting and stuff. But he was, he was almost like a victim in his own mindset. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, he, he kind of got to this process, this turning point in his life. And, and what I want to do is I want to read you part of his story of what he, how he talks about it. Because uh, I think there's some really interesting stuff that we can pull out of that. But um, so he was, he was cleaning this kitchen, this uh, uh, restaurant kitchen in America. And they had loads and loads of cockroaches. And he was spraying them and doing what yeah. he had to do. So this guy's 21 stone big boy and he's blaming yeah, everything that's a big on. unit isn't it 21 stones yeah, big. big that's yeah. like 300 pound and how tall is he 5 foot uh, 6 <laughs> no 6 <laughs> 1 I think he is alright so he's got a big he's a big lad he's anyway he's a big lump it's still, still it's yeah. a lot of weight isn't it yeah. Yeah. so uh, he, he's basically blaming everyone for his situation yeah. parents family school you know that's often the way isn't it I people so. shit, like a portion blame elsewhere but don't look at themselves yeah 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 and he's had this turning point, right? So he's, yeah. he's looked and gone, right, uh, when I'm 50, am I going to look back and go, I could have changed the guy I am today, right. or, uh, but I didn't. 
Yeah. You know, he, he sort of had this moment of looking at his life and saying, could I have changed it? And, he, and one thing he said was, could I just go for it? And could I fail, fail, fail until I succeed? Mm. And he started to get this, this sort of drive in him. And he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Right. So he rung up the Navy SEAL recruiting office and they said, look, if if you want to come and try out, in three months' time is the next selection process, you've got to lose seven and a half stone in three months. So nearly eight stone in three months. Yeah. And they're like, they basically wrote him off. They're like, that's what you've got to do. See you later. Mate, and he did it. He lost that weight. And it's just really interesting as you kind of explore his story a little bit. Because part of it, he just says... I decided that this ain't going to be it for me. Mm. He had this turning point. Mm. And he says, I started working out. I had to invent a guy that didn't exist. A guy who could take anything and everything. I had to build this callous mind and build it through suffering. If it was raining or snowing at 3am in the morning, the instinct was to not go out. So I went out and ran. Mm. I went to do the opposite stuff to what was comfortable. So I'm going to read your story in a minute, but I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that idea that he he, he set his mind to it, and he said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna not take the comfortable route. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna push." And we're gonna explore a bit of this. So I'm gonna read your story, but because you've you've done marathons, you've trained for this stuff, and it is a real mind game, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, I've done some long, long distance cycle rides. Uh, Lands in Sonogrates is a classic. Mm. We did it in nine days. I've done the garden route in South Africa, yeah. Calais to Nice, over the Alps, most of the length of Italy, uh, cycled a thousand kilometres through the Negev Desert in Israel, yeah. all that kind of, yeah. and, and a few other bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And a few marathons, like Snowdonia Marathon yeah. and stuff, yeah. And it's in the mind. It is a mind It's a mind game, and you've got to put the effort in. Yeah. The yeah. training. Yeah. Back to the book. Well, technically it's not a book, but print out. Back to the printout. <laughs> Back to the printout. So this is David Goggins speaking here, and he talks about how he had to invent someone who didn't exist, and he invented someone called Goggins, which is like himself, but alter ego kind of thing. Was that not his name? Sorry, was that not his name then? Well, his name's David Goggins, but he oh. invented this sort of character called Goggins. In his head, yeah. He's like, yeah, this extreme fitness dude. Anyway, <clears throat> this is what he says. I'm a big believer in doing things to make you uncomfortable. We live in a world where we want to be as comfortable as we can and we wonder why we have no growth we wonder why the smallest thing in in our life gets difficult and then we cower and run away you see our our whole life is set up in a way that is a path for least resistance Mm. we don't want to suffer or feel discomfort and there is no growth in that i like that the path of least resistance yeah because you can, you can see that in so many different things, can't you? Yeah. And I think as blokes, we've got to be really tuned into that. Yeah. The path of least resistance. Uh, I became 300 pounds, so 21 stone, because it was comfortable. What was very uncomfortable to me was running. What was very uncomfortable was being on a diet. <laughs> what was very uncomfortable was trying to face things that I didn't want to face. And I realized when I was so big that I didn't have any growth in my life. I hated running, but I knew for me to grow, I needed to do these things every day. And I wanted to start callousing my mind. I wanted to start becoming a better person. And how you become a better person and gain mental toughness, how you become the person you want to be, is constantly facing the things you don't want to face. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? 
so we, we're going to explore some of this we'll chew it over and but I, I started to think this some parallels here we can explore if you constantly run away from things you don't want to face how is there any growth or mental toughness we are all going through a battle in our mind a warrior is not a person that carries a gun the biggest war you will ever go through is between your ears it's in your mind wow battleground of the mind yep uh, and, and we'll just pause it here he says we have to callous our minds to fight the war and win that war yeah and now i'm going to go on <clears throat> in a minute to talk about one of the races that he took part in uh, but what do you think of that mate the path of least resistance this idea of callous in the mind or the battleground that's going on in the mind have you experienced that in your life i mean what are you what do you reckon to this stuff yeah, I mean, I think everyone has a breaking point. I mean, I've pushed my body to the to the uh, limits of what I've trained up for, and that's yeah. the point. You know, I like when I was training to cycle the Alps. Like, you, there are no Alps in Chesterfield. No, but there are a lot of hills. Yeah, but there's nothing like the Alps. I mean, when you cycle up to the Alps, it's like a wall of rock that like, reaches up to the sky, just like, keeps through going. the clouds. Yeah, and you think, oh, I've got to get over that. Yeah. So when I first did that, we cycled from Calais to the borders of uh, Switzerland which basically in the way is something called the Jura and it was like nine o'clock at night hmm. and it, it's had to cycle up it for hours and a load of people quit but me and my mate didn't and uh, you know we got down to the other side in Geneva by half ten at night yeah you know, I mean I could talk more about that later but then that was nothing compared to the Alps like the next day we just headed into the French Alps back really? out of Switzerland just even more yeah and what you've got to say to yourself is look, you you start at the bottom of an alpine climb on a mm. on a bicycle mm. and you've already cycled you might have cycled 100 kilometres already and you've got to cycle up this coal you've got to get your mind to think mm. I'm going to get in that gear low gear and I'm going to sit there for three and a half hours going uphill and there's no way you can train for that in just hours uphill. One of them is four, four and a half hours. I, I cycled up the highest oh. road in Europe, and then we still had more. I after that we went at Col de Bonnet, yourself at five thirty in the morning. We cycled up for like four, four and a half hours. So the air was thin at the top. It's mm. quite funny actually because these blokes pulled up in Harley Davidsons and he took his crash helmet off and he went big fat bloke. And he goes that was a long way up. <laughs> I thought you want a motorbike, <laughs> anyway, and then we had sixty nine kilometres to do after down to Nice. Wow. Um, so the only way I could train for it was every morning or every night depending on what my schedule was I'd get on an indoor trainer I'd mm. set it to like an uphill setting and mm. I'd sit there for two hours or I'd go out on my bicycle and I'd find a big hill and I'd go up and down it up and down it up and down it up and down it up and down yeah. it up and like constantly yeah. then cycle home yeah. for the glamour of the moment of being out to cycle up the mountain but you've got to put the training in yeah. now the thing is some people will be listening to this saying but you need the Holy Spirit to help. Like the Holy Spirit, you know, is the only one that can help us be disciplined and the people we need to be. Yeah. True. Like we believe as followers of Christ, we're yep. full of his spirit. <clears throat> but, but a lot of the Bible says, do this, be this, you know, get fit. So mm. like um well, I was just looking up a verse here in the in, in the word, you know that many runners enter a race and only one who wins the prize, uh, so run to win. Athletes work hard to win a crown that cannot last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. I don't run without a goal. I don't box my beating my fist in the air. I keep my body under control mm. and make it my slave. Mm. So it, you've, got to, you've got to put the effort in. So you watch your diet, you do the training, because your yeah. eyes want a prize. Now, my prize was 
Went to a thousand kilometres and ninety two thousand feet of climbing over nine days with me mates. Ninety two thousand. Yeah, it's like doing Everest three three times. But but what about the eternal race as well, which you've got to come on to at some point because. I found that the discipline of cycling uphill and just looking at a bit of tarmac, saying yeah. I'm never going to go over that bit of tarmac again. It's gone. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. Next, you know, next little bit. Yeah. You're looking from tree to tree to tree, yeah, just yeah. like slogging your guts breaking out. it down. Oh yeah, like at one point <clears throat> on the edge of tears, I was so exhausted. You mm. know, mm. Um, that, there's a spiritual discipline that comes out of that as well. But the point being, I've always wrestled with me weight. I, I'm better at lifting heavy things, but I train myself and I could do it. Yeah. But I had to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I had to go running I had to go cycling I had to lift the weights I had to watch my diet you've got to do it you can't just sit there and it's not going to happen so does there need to be for guys like a discerning or or definable moment where you say that was the line in the sand I've had enough I'm going to I'm going to do this well I've had two epiphanies like that have you yeah so the first one came and our mate Ian who's chairman of Christian Vision for Men Mm. I was doing a sports week with him at Lanzarote and I was unfit obese really hmm. and uh, we took road bikes out and I was squeezing this like well I must look absolutely shocking <laughs> and he looked like a pepper army you know <laughs> and uh, while cycling up this slope pouring me sweat it was yeah. a slope Yeah, I went to him it's hard this cycling like isn't it and he went you know he's quite he's a blunt yeah. Sheffield boy he just went it's because you're fat and unfit it's <laughs> 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 fair enough but it's fair enough yeah. now you're going to respond to it one and two ways I get a sulk on yeah, yeah. I think I've got to do something about it yeah. so this was when I was like 35 go and have a couple of cakes yeah, I went and had a cake couple of beers <laughs> portion of chips <laughs> did a bit of shade bathing <laughs> and then no, that night over a Diet Coke yeah. uh, he said to me I bet you can't cycle from Lansing to John O'Groats in like nine days and I said let's do it so I, I sold my motorbike at the time bought yeah. a dog Started yeah. running with me German Shepherd dog, got a bicycle, stopped eating junk, yeah. and I did it. So like it nine months later, it yeah. was a moment. Now I've had a, another recent moment hmm. where I did get myself quite fit, and I was doing all these events. But over the last four years, put on a couple of stone I didn't <laughs> definitely we, didn't need because blo- we can do that easy, can't we? What, put well, on a couple of yeah, stone. in terms of comfort. Well, so I was not ill disciplined. That's the thing. What yeah. I was doing was, I was, I was work. I was getting yeah. up at half five. I was getting back late. I was working like six days a week. I planted a church on the side. Yeah. So I'm eating junk. I'm yeah. sedentary. I'm doing sink, less than yeah. two thousand. I can't go to the gym. I'm doing two thousand steps a day. Then I got ill, and I couldn't eat for a bit. Hmm. Oh, I am foot and mouth disease. Hmm. And I'm I'm staring down the barrel of fifty. And I jumped on the scales at the end of only eating pea soup for like 10, 12 days. And I'd lost a bit of weight. And I thought, I don't want to die of a heart attack when I'm 50. Mm. And I've got this good road bike downstairs. I want to get back on yeah, it. Yeah. I want to start running. I'll do my kettlebells, but yeah. I've got to get in shape. Yeah. So I kept up with the discipline. Now, prayer and being full of the spirit does not help you just have a bit of yogurt for breakfast, a bowl of no. soup for lunch, and a bit of fish and veg. You get hungry. Yeah. But you got to get a grip. Yeah. you got to get a grip of your mind. That's what you're saying, isn't it? You've well, it's the battle between your ears, isn't it? Get a grip on your mind. Yeah. And, 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 you know, losing weight is very hard work. But it's it seduced all over the place. It is, a, it is a subtle shift in your mind to, A, start working out and doing something for you that's fitness-related, yeah. and, B, getting your head straight in the way you look at food yeah because because before i looked at food as like you know all the takeaways and yeah but it wasn't what my body needed but i wasn't thinking what my body wanted i thought what nathan wants to eat what i like to taste and 
what food makes me feel yeah, good. Well, the weird thing is, what I've discovered mm. is, uh, and you're doing all this skipping now, aren't mm. you, at the moment, and what I discovered was, in the midst of getting very fit, uh, your diet needs actually recalibrate naturally. Yeah. So, it's like food becomes fuel, not a comfort. Yeah. That's a that's a quite a big change, isn't it? In the way big you think. change. So yeah. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I I, I need a bit of steak because we uh, repair my muscles, mm. you know. Or yeah, I, I never eat bananas, but when you mm. cycled hundred miles, suddenly you want a banana and just some water. Yeah, you know, if food becomes fuel, and you only put in what you need to get the job done. Yeah, you recalibrate. Whereas yeah, if yeah. you're not doing that, I know we're not all going to do endurance stuff. No, but if your eyes aren't on that sort of thing, food is comfort, pleasure. Yeah, you get a hedonistic thing going yeah, on yeah. about food. Yeah, and and I think we've seen guys. It's, it, it's easy to self-medicate as well, isn't it, with food and wine yeah. and booze. I mean, you can come out of a bad meeting with someone, and you want to you want to have half a bottle of wine, a couple of gin and tonics, yeah. don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, packet yeah. of crisps. Yeah, pork scratchings. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that. But that's what happens. And now I found in in times of acute pressure yeah. and stress. Yeah. The tendency to want to medicate, not become an alcoholic, but no. the tendency to think, oh, I'll just have a couple of glasses of wine yeah. and take the edge off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it all builds up, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, in your mind is being overtaken. You're yeah. losing the controls. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And that does that does change things because you don't want to work out. You don't want to, and especially I find when I've done like an hour skipping, I don't want to eat custard creams. No. Because you look and go, if I eat one custard cream, I've just voided lost that. I've lost it. Exactly. So it it's does exactly change the way feeling. you look at it. Yeah. So, like, um, like we're going to spend the evening together tonight, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Italian yeah. food, you yeah, know, lovely. beer or something. But so yesterday, I'm thinking, mm. having yogurt, had a bowl light. of soup, bit of chicken in the evenings. I think I'm going to, I want to enjoy an yeah. evening with my mate. Yeah. Uh, eat well, you know. Yeah, but it's, yeah. That's a treat. It's a treat day or yeah. a cheat day. Yeah, but the rest of the time, I'm disciplined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. And I think you've got to have a goal. Like I've got a waistline goal. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a yeah. You got a target. Yeah. Do you know who you're competing against, mate? Who? The man in the mirror. Is that right? Yeah. Look at the man in the mirror. Maybe we need more mirrors in our homes then. Because then you get up and you can't avoid Don't yourself. Don't you? I carry one around me. Just look in my iPhone, everyone going on a selfie mode. Pocket mirror. Looking good. Looking good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a nice feeling. Yeah. I mean, some of the guys out there listen to this are super fit, and they? But it is a nice feeling when you, you, you know, you're back in the clothes you could wear when you first got married. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm lighter now than I was when I cycled over the Alps. It's a good feeling, but it's not been easy. No. And and also, it has to be said, I think nutrition is key. So some guys will be might be thinking, well, I'm massively overweight, but I'm disabled or I can't do all the fitness stuff. I can't. And I think there's probably things you can find. Food intake. But it's food intake. To be honest, I've run, I've done marathon training and barely lost weight. So when I first started doing it, I was compensating by shoveling rubbish in my mouth. And I still ran the marathon. (coughs) Uh, Actually, I think, I mean, there'll be some nutritionists on it who are going to throw a wobbly on this. It's calories in, calories out. Yeah, I think You could lose weight just eating sausages. Yeah, yeah. There's one bloke, some professor said, I'm going to lose weight by eating McDonald's and Mars bars. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm going to keep it to 1,500 calories yeah. worth a day. And that's all he did. And he lost weight and his blood pressure went down, his fat went down. Because yeah. eat less, yeah. exercise more. Yeah. Avoid the fat diets. Just eat yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. So people have said to me, How have you, he said, what are you eating differently? Nothing. Just yeah. eating less. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of junk, isn't it? 
it's a lot of but anyway, we sort of di- I'm sorry I've diverted you, but no, no, it's, it's that the battlefield of the mind. The food is a big one, isn't it? <clears throat> I think so. And but I do think we need our eyes on a prize. So like, yeah, like the waistline, or I'm going to cycle over that mountain. Set yourself a challenge. Yeah, but but this is the, that thing I was trying to pull out. That path of least resistance. I I I default to the path of least resistance. You've got to embrace pain. What's the easiest thing I can do? You've got to embrace so, pain. Yeah, bit of suffering. Yeah, and you're you're like when you first start cycling up a hill, you get all the build up of lactic acid in your muscles, and it, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. Mm. But eventually, you actually go to like it. Bit of euphoria in it. The thing is, what I discovered is, whether you run a mile mm. or twenty six miles, it still hurts the same. Yeah, it's your ability to deal with the pain the same. That's interesting. That 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 is it. Because if I skip, it still hurts the same. Yeah, ten minutes of skipping, I think I'm exhausted. But it's a similar kind of thing in an hour. Yeah, so it's when you first started, 10 minutes killed you. Yeah. You still feel the same after an hour skipping. Yeah. But your ability to cope with it's that pain brain. has grown. It's in the brain. And Or deal with monotony. and Yeah, that is it. Yeah, because you're on one spot. You're not going anywhere. See, there'll be a lot of guys listening to this who drive long distances. And what yeah. I've noticed is... Or factory workers. Yeah, well, I've noticed like driving long distances. When I first started doing it, like a two-hour drive, I can't drive two hours. But now I could do four hours each way in the car and a two hour. I think, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll be home in two hours. I'm not going to get through this audible book. Yeah, yeah. Because I've stretched my horizons. Stretched, I'm, I'm yeah. coping more yeah, yeah. with long long distance. That's interesting. I think it's the same with physical fitness. Callous in the mind. That's it. Toughen the mind up. Back, to the, back to the readout. Back to the readout. <clears throat> so this is David Goggins again. Yeah. I googled, so, so he, he said, enough's enough. I'm going yeah. to change my story. Uh, I googled the hardest 10 races in the world. Uh, At this time in my life, I was not a runner. I maybe ran 10 miles a year. So that's not a lot, is it? No. But a lot of people listening to this won't be doing that. No, 10 miles a year. Some people are doing 10 miles a day. Yeah. Nutters. Nutters. Uh, What came up was, in number one, was the Bad Wall to 135s. It was a 135-mile race through Death Valley in the summertime. You just you wouldn't yeah, do people it, would die you? in Death Valley. Well, that's yeah. why it's called Death Valley, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> uh, he says, I wanted to get into this race. I thought it was a staged race, a race where you ran 20 miles, set up a camp, and then the next day after having a sleep, you run another 20. Yeah. I didn't know that people ran 100 miles or 120 miles a day. So he was going <laughs> completely oblivious to this. That's amazing. Yeah. So I called the race director up in in the November, and he said, "David, to qualify for my race, you have to do 100 miles in 24 hours or less to be considered for the race. And there is a race in four days' time to to qualify you if you want to try and do it for the Bad Water 135." So four days later, I'm out there in San Diego at a race called the San Diego One Day where you run around a one mile track for 24 hours to see how many miles you could get that's horrible isn't it horrible one mile track 24 hours oh no but that is that you know sitting in your living room just cycling for three hours on a yeah it's like that but 24 hours on the same track so he says I had myoplex so a protein drink he said I had myoplex and some crackers and a blue garden chair and that's all I had uh, and I could see my crew person every single mile and I was going to drink myoplex and just eat a cracker every mile yeah. he said I had no water I had nothing when I got out there 
Around mile 20, I wasn't feeling too bad. Around mile 30, I was feeling my shin shins getting really sore. I started to develop stress fractures and, and shin splints. Wow. I started to I started feeling the metatarsals in my feet breaking around mile 50. Oh. Oh no. By mile 70, I was totally destroyed. And 70 I, miles. 70 miles. And I sat down in the blue garden chair and I was destroyed. I sat down, I looked at my crew person and I literally couldn't stand up. Mm. And I couldn't even go to the bathroom. So I sat there and went to the bathroom on, on myself. Yeah. Just, li- just... At the end of himself. At the end. Uh, I was discoloured, pale, dizzy, lightheaded, and I was yeah. in the worst shape of my entire life. Yeah. Mate, amazing. And this is a bloke who through his Navy SEAL training so this is actually coming in a bit later in his life right he did some Navy SEAL training and he did their Hell Week have you heard about their Hell yeah, Week yeah yeah so it's like famous yeah it's like 135 hours of physical exercise with like 3 hours sleep yeah. it's ridiculous yeah plunging you in cold water everything and he says I'd gone through all this stuff Ranger School all these different training programs but this was the worst situation I'd been in in my entire life and I thought I was literally dying all I could think about was how to get out of the chair and run again. I had 30 miles to go. Everything I had gone through, I realised that the human mind, if you can put it into a very quiet, calm place and get it to calm down, you could see a change. And then you could possibly make this work out. So I started to ask myself, how bad is this? How bad is this? So I calmed myself down and I had to make this enormous thing small. I've got 30 more miles to run, and my body was in the worst shape of my entire life and the worst pain I'd ever felt. So I broke this 30-mile thing down into small chunks. I calmed my mind down. I had to take on some water, potassium, sodium, and I had to get feeling less dizzy. And after an hour, the dizziness went away, and I was able to stand up. So he's just sitting in this garden chair for like an hour, just totally dead he says uh, a bit graphic I then saw uh, the blood running down my leg when I urinated my wife being a nurse informed me that my kidneys were shutting down and that I needed to go to hospital I told her that I had 30 miles left she helped me up and we started walking around the track at a 35 minute mile pace I asked her if I would complete the 100 miles in 24 hours at this pace and she said no so I did what I had to do and somehow by the grace of God started running again. I got to mile 81 and my crew person, as I came round, I'll never forget him saying this, you are not going to make the time. I had 24 hours, I was going so slow, taking so much time and this is when I realised that the human mind, once everything gets connected, once the mind knows that you're not going to quit something, it is going to try and find more and he's going to try and give you more to get it done interesting isn't it yeah so he's kind of saying like when you get to that point where you say I'm not leaving here and he he actually says that your mind takes over yeah yeah the mind takes over survival interesting isn't it to take yourself to that extreme Hmm. once the mind realises that you're not going to take the path of least resistance that you're going to stay here until it's done the mind takes over I thought that was really interesting. That can apply to so many uh, aspects of life too, yeah. can't it? Not just yeah. physical endurance. Yeah. 
I'm not leaving till it's done. What I've noticed is some of the, sometimes I've cycled with people or run with people and they're mm. speaking defeat over themselves. Yeah. I, I uh, use a technique of visualising the, the end moment of yeah. crossing the line. Yeah. That's what I do every time. I visualise what it's going to be like when I hit you know, Cape Town or when I, when I get to yeah. Nice or when I've crossed the finish line at Snowdonia. I imagine that moment and that's what's in my head the whole mm. time. Mm. Just, just the end goal. I'm going to win. Keep the prize I'm fixed. Do it. I'm not competing against anyone. I think no, no. Other people are doing because that's the way to destroy yourself and yeah, those yeah. sort of things. Go about what you're doing. But I, I used to be really inspired. I still am by these sorts of stories and your stories and other guys. And then you, you look at yourself and go, "Why ain't I got those stories?" Because you've got to get off the sofa and got to get off the sofa. Get the story. Yeah, you got yeah. to go for it. Yeah, and yeah, you got. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing ever happened to a bloke who didn't have a go is my life mantra. That's it, mate. Or as my dad said, better to have been a has-been than a never was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few enough. stories as an old bloke in a corner. Yeah. He's yeah. a has-been. Yeah, but I've got a few stories. Yeah, got a few stories. So this is it. In that shape, David Goggins says, I was in this terrible shape, but I was able to run 19 miles. He said, I ran 100 miles. Actually, I did one more. 101 miles yeah I like that eight, can't do that with my kettlebells do I'm you? doing 500 swings I always think I'll do 501 just one more just one more yeah 501 we'll do 300 301 that's what I do well he Funny did it that. 101 miles in 18 hours and 56 minutes still running around no, a one mile still. track I mean it's mad it is isn't it it's, it's mad but what, what I liked is he overcame and he put I had to overcome so many obstacles in my life and this was the final crucible for me and I got through it and at the end of the race it was such clarity for me kind of like that there's this guy who's like he was blaming everything else he was blaming everyone else for his situation yeah and he's got to actually know I'm going to overcome the mind here I'm going to I'm going to achieve this yeah. I'm going to do it and, and I'm not going to leave here until it's done yeah I like that I feel like that about a lot of ministry stuff I'm involved in to be honest mate. do you yeah yeah, because like, um, like planting the church, I'm like, what well, church is planted. Mm. But, you know, I think with a lot of pioneers, you think, oh, I'll get it started and I can't be bothered with the rest mm. of it. But sometimes I get a beam on my bonnet and I mm. think, I want to see this through. Yeah. And then you get the faff and the hassle and there's, you know, masses of detail to go through and you're trying to reshape and repurpose things yeah, and yeah. lead people and you get a lot of flack. Yeah. What keeps me going is vision. <coughs> yeah, it's a vision, the end goal. The yeah. end prize, you know. Yeah, keeping it in focus. 2 Timothy 1.7, for the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Yeah. So he's saying the Holy Spirit gives us power and self-discipline. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So for, like, you know, David Goggins, is he a man of God? I'm not sure if he's a believer. No, no, I don't, don't particularly come across. No. But we're like, we're men of, men of God. Yeah. So how yeah, much yeah. more? Hmm. And it's not just physical fitness, is it? It's, no. It's, it applies to yeah, so yeah, many yeah. things in life, but yeah, yeah. We, we men do quit. Yeah. Quit on a shot. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's we want that path of least resistance don't Most we our marriages doesn't it well I, I don't want to get criticised I don't want to be you know I don't want to be a failure no, I don't want know, to go wrong but those guys out there married you know I've been married 25 years next April hmm. me and Karen have been together 28 years hmm. like, we're still in love but it ain't been the bed of roses every day no, no. 
And a lot of people quit on their marriages when you you just gotta yeah. hold the line, isn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I love the verse in Romans twelve, therefore I urge you, brethren, come on, brethren. Yeah. By the mercies of God, this is the NASB. Love it. To present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, yeah. acceptable to God, mm. which is your spiritual service of worship. And then he says, Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that be you transformed. Yeah. Like you've got an active role to play in that. Be transformed. Yeah. Don't just, it's not going to come by just sitting in a prayer meeting or even having your quiet times. Mm. You have got to make decisions. Yeah. To live a certain way and lay your life down. Yeah, yeah. Living sacrifices. We want to get off the altar, don't we, mate? When it gets yeah. uncomfortable, we yeah. want to get off. That's enough. I've had lay your life down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't be a prima donna. Hmm. That's a good word, isn't it? Prima we, donna. It is. <laughs> Conforming to the world as well is a, is a strong one, isn't it, mate? It's mm. so easy to go with the tired. It's so easy. And, yeah. and like you wrote in the way, the opposite spirit well, stuff. Well, you did in going against the grain. Yeah. You had the same thoughts. Yeah. But it is that, isn't it? It is that... Same publisher. <laughs> I'm not... You've sold more, I think. No. I'm not going to go with the flow here. I'm I'm not going to go with what the world's response would be. I'm going to let let my relationship with Jesus transform my mind. Mm. Let him win that battle between my ears. Yeah. That's right. But you've got to make a decision. Mm. Like, you know, when I was, when I was commuting every day... I'd, yeah. It was a choice to set the alarm at 5.16. It's a weird one, that. Why did I set the alarm for 5.16 and not 5.15? I don't know. Why did you do I that? I often do that. What? I don't know. Like, if I've got to get up for 6.30 or 6.15 or like 6.20, I'll work it out. Hmm. I'll go 6.17. Why did you do that? Because I feel like I'm winning. I like to beat the alarm. Yeah. So I think if I've got to get up at quarter past six, I set the alarm for 6.16. I'm going to beat it. I've got to start the day with a win. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Do you reckon? Yeah. It's interesting. I'm competing it? against myself. No one knows that. Are you a competitive bloke, are you? No. No, no. I'm, I'm actually not competitive at all. Hmm. Yeah, Karen was saying, but I'm not. I'm not. Hmm. I'm not faffed about that sort of stuff. No. But I, I like discipline. We need it, though, don't we? I think yeah. folks need that rhythm, that order. Yeah. I do, yeah. I am. I am. I've been. I've been ill disciplined in some aspects. Like I put on some weight and then I've shifted it, but I could shift it because I'm disciplined. Now. Mm. But what I need is I need a target. Yeah. Like I've got to have an annual challenge. Yeah. Of fitness, you yeah. know. So I know I'm going to run another marathon. I think yeah. I'm going to do some local Peak District cycling. I'd like to, you know, run some half marathons around Europe and stuff. But I'm. I'm not racing anyone. No. It's it's for me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, that's what I was trying to do with the skipping. And obviously, yeah, a grand really challenge, fit, though, didn't it? yeah. And but it, what's your resting heart rate now? Uh, Must be really low. It's I actually measured it the other day. There's two numbers, isn't there? 105. No, that's your blood pressure. Oh, I don't know then. What's your resting heart rate? Well, I don't know. Did, didn't that give you it? What don't your blood pressure give you a resting heart rate? Don't think so. All oh, right, it's a different thing, is it? It's put your fingers on your wrist and count How, what for a minute. Or 30 seconds I reckon it'd be quite relaxed yeah <laughs> mine's around uh, oh that was me up well if you do it for 10 seconds and then you talk do you well I'll set me uh, get the tag going go on then so this is interesting for a uh, right okay I'm gonna I'll say go and we'll do it for 30 seconds okay or should we do 10 because it's a long time isn't it 30 10 seconds, seconds on the podcast yeah or we can edit it 
Right, we'll go. People don't mind this. No. Go. Stop. 29. 28. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And we're sitting here bumping our gums. And I just had a cup of caffeine. So that's pretty good resting heart rate. Yeah, it's 56 and yours is what? Uh, oh, 50, oh, it's the same. 60, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's less than 60. It's not 59, isn't it? 58. 56, 58. It's pretty good. That's a good heart rate. Well, that's because I have lost a bit of weight and done a bit yeah. of training and yeah, you're yeah. doing all the skipping. Yeah, yeah. That's a resting heart rate in the middle of the day, bumping our gums at a podcast and having caffeine. Yeah. That's not bad. No, it used to be a bit hard, isn't it? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Got to restart my heart. <laughs> when I um, uh, when I finished cycling the Alps, yeah, I took my resting heart rate and I got back home. I thought I was having a heart attack. It just stopped. Really? It was like going boom, boom, boom. That's quite slow, isn't it? It was slow, mate. I thought I was in trouble. Then I realised I just cycled a thousand miles. I mean, in high altitude. I mean, heart yeah, was, yeah. But it soon sped up again. But I tend to find uh, that was quite a good score for me. But I tend to find my resting heart rate between like fifty six to sixty six. That's not bad. No, it's a good way. Depending on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. But that's that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm nearly nearly fifty for years. So are you are you are you like looking ahead to the next ten years and say I'm going to be in good shape for the next ten years? What, yeah, I do. Well, I do really feel that. So I've got a body mass, not a BMI. I don't think that's very good. It's a bit crude. Uh, but I've got a body size I want to be. Hmm. And I'm taking vitamins. I'm eating healthy. Yeah. You know, massively cut down on alcohol. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to bosh out some half marathons every year. I, I may do a marathon. I think I've got another marathon too in me. But yeah. y- the problem is like the David Goggins stuff. There is that your wife does become a training widow if you're married, mm, yeah. and I don't want that. No, no. Like, y- what I'd like to do is get to a level of fitness where I could step up again. Yeah, I'm feeling quite good at the moment. Yeah, I have to say. Uh, but I could bosh out. You know, I could go and do a five k without too much sweat. Yeah, but I'd like to build up to that. But my target. I'd like to have a couple of crazy adventures with you, I think. It's a couple of big, uh, big endurance events. Yeah, or even like long-distance, rugged, off-road mountain, uh, motorcycling. Oh, or, yeah, that's nice. You know, we've got to have a bit of fitness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, or, um, or a long trek, like a long walk. Yeah. I'd like to do yeah, something. Yeah, do that. Because yeah. we, so to bring this to land, we talk about the code, don't we, the Code Life podcast, and part of that is us being blokes who are fit as fit as we can be yeah well one of the codes or as healthy as we can yeah one of well we've got these 12 codes isn't it and uh we say in code six i'll keep my body fit and free from any addictions yeah (coughs) excuse me so that's keeping a grip on the alcohol Hmm. you know uh sex through to anything diet yeah you know, fitness, exercise. Mm, mm. A lot of Christian men are dying before their time. Yeah. And, and but that's not, so, you're not, I've not heard a message in church about weight. Because there's plenty of 
big people big, out but, there. Yeah, and it's, we it's, don't a, talk about it's it. pastorally difficult, isn't it? It is, isn't it? But I think, you know, podcasts can help. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there is no reason in our culture why we, why we should be fat. No. No. And I'm fit. No. Speaking to myself. Yeah, and I'm. I'm I've got another to another another couple of inches to get off me. Uh, me waist, you know. Yeah. I'd like to be a, a comfortable thirty-four. Yeah, that's a, a comfortable, good, 30, a loose thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 like an inch off it at the moment. Yeah. I think a comfortable thirty-four. Like I yeah. put a pair of thirty-fours on the other day next, and they were all right, but I thought oh, it's a Sit bit. Sit down bit. and cut the blood off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. You, but it's, it's well achievable. But totally, anyway, yeah. it's the code, isn't it? It's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be blokes that are fit, healthy, that don't let this stuff rule our lives and take over our lives. So there you go. Thanks for joining us on the Code Life podcast. Cheers, Nathan.